Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll start again. There we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> welcome to the Rangers Rabble. Um, on a night where we would love nothing more than to talk to you about how big a week this is going to be for Rangers again. But um, we are obviously going to have to open the show, gentlemen, um, and speak about the tragic news that came out of Rangers Football Club today. Um, first of all, let me welcome everybody along, everybody in the comments. Uh, thanks again for joining us this Tuesday evening. Scott, Brian and Gaz, I hope you're well, guys. Yep, no bad, yeah, no bad, mate. Yep. So, of course, the news that came out of Rangers this morning um, was the, the sad and sudden passing of um, our, our legendary, legendary kit man, more than a kit man, as we're going to talk about, um, Jimmy Bell, who passed away this morning. Um, just, I, I, I absolutely lost for words. First of all, it was unexpected. Um you know, he was with us on Sunday at Celtic Park. He um, would no doubt have been as a big Rangers man as he was. He did no doubt looking forward to this week ahead. Um, but Jimmy Bell's been with the club in one capacity or another for um, more than 40 years, I believe. He's been involved. He's been with the club through 18 league titles, 28 cups in total, if we include the Challenge Cup, um, three lower league titles, 2008 Europa, uh, UEFA Cup run, the 1992-93 Champions League run, this season's run, of course, the fantastic unbeaten title last season. Uh, he's worked for 10 managers. He's, he's seen 10 managers, permanent managers, come and go to the club. That's Sunis, Smith, Advocat, McLeish, Le Guin, back to Smith, McCoist, uh, Warburton, Kashinia, Gerard, and Van Bronckhorst. He's been there through all that. And when you say the names out like that, that, that he's been there through, um, it just gives, gives you an idea as to how long he's been at the club. Um, before he became the kit man, he was, of course, our, uh, our bus driver. He worked for Parksy Hamilton. Um, uh, Scott, he, he's just, he, he was in with the brickwork at Ibrox, and this is going to be a huge loss to the football club. Jimmy Bell was just like me, you, Alan, Brian, and Gary. He was just a Rangers fan. He was just a Rangers fan <laughs> through and through who was in a position that we'd all have to have been. And I think it was a surprise this morning when I seen it. I seen somebody mention it on social media, and I wasn't sure. If it's true, because sometimes you think social media sometimes you just make things up. But then I seen Rangers comment on it, and I thought, "Fuck's sake, man, what's happened?" And for guys, he never played Rangers, but he was part of Rangers. Do you know that way? He was never a player, never that. But you feel devastated that he's not here because he was that much a, a Rangers man, but part of the foundations. I but I mean, he's been there since. I mean, I'm 49, and he's been there for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Do you know that way? And it's like. You mentioned Rangers, you mentioned Jimmy Bell because he was always there. And I think it just shows you today what's I'm saying, it shows you today every a lot of ex players, I'm not saying every ex player, but a lot of ex players I've seen, I've mentioned them, they're coming ranging from back in the 90s up to the present day. How much people have mentioned this guy, so it shows you respect it he, he took, everybody took from him and the things they've learned from him. And I just, there's not really many words you can say about Jimmy Bell apart from, like I said earlier, he was as big a Rangers fan as anybody and he was in a position that he truly loved and I'd just like to see all my thoughts on that group his family and all his friends and hopefully they get through this but we'll, we'll be slowly missing I hope the team get out on Thursday and do it for Jimmy and do it for Walter and just do it for do it for us all but Jimmy Bell will be cheering his on I know that for a fact. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you know, I'd, I'd, I'd extend that for everybody at the Rangers rabble, deepest condolences to everybody at the football club, including um, our, our family supporters, but to Jimmy's family as well. Um, our thoughts, thoughts are definitely with you at this sad time. Guys, uh, he's seen so many changes. Jimmy Bell will have seen so many changes at Rangers and at Ibrox. Um, but he's the one consistent. And what really struck for, for me today was... Um, Rangers, folks, if you've not seen it, going to the YouTube channel, going to Facebook and Twitter, uh, Rangers have released a video um, mm-hmm. and, and dedicated to uh, Jimmy. Um, and some of the clips in that showed Giovanni Van Bronckhorst returning to Ibrox. Um, and I thought about Giovanni's position at that time. So here's a man that is, okay, spent a lot of time in the UK, but he's coming into a job in a foreign country to a club that he left more than 20 years ago. Um, guys, but that sort of embrace you had with Jimmy Bell, that was that was something familiar for him. Mm. You know, how, how how much a big role did Jimmy Bell play at Rangers and welcoming people at, back to the club and to the club? You know, he wasn't just the man that stuck the numbers in the back of the shirts, was he? No, he's he was just he's just Jimmy Bell. He was he was like we've said he was part of the he was part of the brickwork at Ibrox and you, the video, you see how happy Gio even looks to see him again. And in the video as well, like the first person Gerard sees in the changing rooms, Jimmy Bell, he's there. Um, and all the messages for players, um, Defoe's one really stuck out today. Um, he's going to be a massive, he's the constant at the club and I think he's probably irreplaceable in that dressing room. There's not many players in that you could say are irreplaceable, but for a kit man, he's just gutted. Yeah, and you know, you, you mentioned uh, some of the tributes, the Jermaine Defoe one stuck out for me as well, because it was another example, Brian, I felt of uh, Jimmy's role at the club, you know, he kept people down to earth, he reminded people like Jermaine Defoe said, he reminded me, I hadn't won anything at Rangers yet, if I wanted to be a Rangers man, I had to win something. That's that's invaluable, that's that's you can't money can't buy that, can it? No, no. I must admit, I did have a chuckle when I read that message because Jermaine was coming into Rangers thinking he was Billy Big Chip, scored all the goals down south, and then Jimmy Bell just whacked him straight down to earth and says, "No, you've not done that near mate. You've not scored as goals as many McCoys. So you know you've still got a job to do here. You haven't won anything here. So, but I mean, as you say, Alan, in the, in the introduction there, I mean, he's came through since the the early 80s of when we were really, really bad. Jock Wallace, John Gregg, you know, way before the Sunnis. And, you know, he, the changes he's seen at Rangers must be just astronomical from really bad to good to bad and then back to good. It's just been a roller coaster of a time that he's been there, you know. But, yeah, I mean, he was one that all that seems to be all the players have said exactly the same sort of comments. You know, he was the man that drummed it in everybody second best is not good enough here you've got to win and you know just some of the some of the stories are brilliant if there was one book I'd like to have read if he ever did one it would have been Jerry Bell's just like to see Alan I heard something today I think it was actually David Edgar was saying it uh, Josh Windass asked him for a pair of gloves and he told Josh Windass you're not getting any gloves because Brian Loudrup never wore gloves so you're not wearing them <laughs> do you know what I mean it's just things like that and mm-hmm. Jimmy Bell was just being just man through and through it's it's got, I, I agree with Brian. If he had a book, everybody would buy it because it would be it'd probably be a good laugh, but it would be some amount of knowledge and amount of pearls that that guy's made through his career. But even Scott Arfield said he was Rangers through and through. Stephen Gerrard said he when he was here, Jimmy was the boss, I wasn't the boss. Everybody respected him, and that's amazing for somebody. I get, he's got a title kit man, but is he the kit man? I think Jimmy was Mr Rangers, weren't he? Him and Walter together. The two of them ran the place when they were there. Yeah, and you know that was something I was going to bring up. This is this is somewhere we've been already this season, uh, guys. It's um, funnily enough, I was on that night as well uh, on the show that night. The the news broke that, that Walter passed away. Um, that was a Tuesday as well. We came on and done the pod. Um, people have been saying in the comments there, I, it's, Ibrox is going to be very emotional uh, on Thursday night. Um, it's probably quite similar to how it was um, the Aberdeen game after we, after Walter Smith passed away. Um, as if it was as if we didn't need anything else on top of Thursday night. Um, this is going to make it a really emotional occasion now. Yeah, 
Um, I was thinking about it today, and I'm like, we'll obviously do something. There'll be like a minute silence or something. But then I was sitting there, I was like, would a minute applause be better for Jimmy Bell rather than a minute silence for the time he put in, or do we do both? Do we do one and like? Maybe this, the minute that for every year he was at the club, we do it on that minute and then do the silence at the start. It's, I couldn't quite make my mind up. Um, but yeah, I was there at the Aberdeen game after water as well, and it was it's difficult. You know, like water was probably the first one from when I started watching Rangers that's went. I know, like, um, like Sandy Jordan, that's went since then, but. As when I was growing up, Walter was the first one, and then now there's Jimmy. It feels as though the old guard are starting to go, and I don't know how. I'm just gutted. Gutted. Let us say I'm gutted. Yeah, I think that's that's a, a fair feeling, and it's certainly um, reflected in the comments, guys. It's I think we're not alone. Um, but we never are because that's that's why we're, that's why we're a family. That's why we're the Rangers family. And I know that that might sound strange to the outsiders looking in, but um, you know this this football club it, it grips people, and it's it's more than it's more than a football club. Um, it's just it's it's absolutely shooky. I, I, I was the same as a couple of you guys have mentioned. I, I didn't know if it was true or not. Um, I heard this. I heard the rumor at my work, and I thought, here we go again. Because yeah. was there not was there not a rumor last year, Brian? Something similar. I thought yeah. these horrible people are at us again. Um, yeah. we, heard, we heard that a couple of weeks ago with Gorham as well. Thankfully, that wasn't true at the time. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, it is true. And uh, we just, I, I'm lost for words. And in many respects, I'm lost for words, Brian. Um, maybe you can help me out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, th the thing about it is, <clears throat> he's been a pretty much, I would say, a good, a vast majority of the Rangers base, fan base. He's been the only kit man they've ever known. They've never known anybody else. He's he's been the only man that's ever sort of put the, the shirts and the pegs, drove the bus, you name it. You know, he's, you know, done all that for all the youngsters and all the first team. And, you know, he's he's been the constant in every in all the Rangers fans' eyes. He's just he's been such a steady rock. He's never, you know, never upset anybody. You know, he he goes about his business quietly. He obviously, from what I've seen him and Twitter as well. He's obviously done a few favours for people and never asked for anything back. You know, he's he's he, he doesn't do anything for for anything else other than that he wants to do it. Um, he's just he's just genuinely one of these guys that he just loves to help folk, and you know, he's doing a, he was doing a job that everybody would kill to do. You know, um, I mean, some of the. As you say, some of the tributes are coming in from all the ex-players and even, you know, out with the sort of Rangers families, amazing as well. And I think that that shows you the feeling that everybody's got, you know. I mean, he's he's just, he's just, he's, a lot of people are saying he's Mr. Rangers. Yeah, uh, Nicholas Stubborn making the comment, best way to honour. Uh, the most, sorry, the most famous cat man in football. Um, and that was, uh, that was another thought I'd had, you know, I was thinking about, you know, what we're calling him our legendary cat man, yeah. I can't. I couldn't name any other kit man in, in world football. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You look at other clubs. You don't really know who, apart from maybe the manager and the assistant manager. You don't really know anybody else at other teams. Do you know that way? But Jimmy Bell was known by everybody. I mean, because he was Jimmy Bell, <laughs> and he was he was always there and he was always involved. And, and there's, there's no many things you can say about Jimmy Bell because everything you'll say is true. And I just I know you mentioned Jimmy in the first comment, but I think it was so good that. Jim, Jimmy Bell said, tell me, man, go out of the pouch and bring that out to me. And it was a bottle of whiskey. And he says, you're having a shot of that? And he's like, I don't drink. I'm teetotal. He said, we've just won 55. You're having a shot. So he drunk it for him. And it's just things like that. I mean, like Brian said, he was a Rangers diehard like us. And he's in, in a position where we all want to be. But he made it his own, didn't he? He just, the fans knew him and he was respected by fans, players and everybody. Even when Rangers players were interviewed, we didn't interview Jimmy Bell, some people, because he was Jimmy Bell. And do you know what I mean? Interviews, just him interviewed in a, and he was, I think everybody, everybody's probably met in his life probably liked him, no matter who it is, because I think he just comes across as a genuine guy. If they didn't like you, he'd probably tell you that as well. But Amoruso, and somebody mentioned Amoruso, saying I'm not green in this dressing room. It's just, it's just class, Jimmy Bell. He's just, 
and somebody also said old school ranger and he was he was a rangers fan and that rangers were his life to be with you. i know his family and that are well there but rangers were his life it's like us he was in part of rangers family in a very big way i mean one thing i picked up on the day that i probably didn't realize or, or overlooked was he was the man that introduced the the queen picture being above the captain I only f- I, I I either forgot about that or just found out about that today. So that was a wee bit of. Who was a kit man before him? Was it wee Doddy? Doddy, yeah. Which uh, was another thing I thought. How many how many clubs in world football can say they've got two legendary kit men? <laughs> <laughs> it was no maybe retiring this season, but there was rumours that he was going to retire. Um, I don't know if they were true or not, but there were certainly rumours, and I've read it today as well. It was considered it. whether that's true or not. I don't know. Um, you know, it's just as I say, he's going to be a, a massive, massive loss um, to the football club. I don't know. We still don't know what the club are going to do to honour Walter. I would assume we're going to hear something at the end of the season. But guys, the, the club are going to have to do something to honour Jimmy as well because he meant so much to the club and he meant so much to so many people, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't have a clue, but they'll they'll hundred percent need to do something. Um, I've seen some people suggesting there's a few ex-players, players anyway, that have their ashes buried in s- certain corners of the ground. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Uh, yep, yep. I know Sandy uh, Jordan certainly has. Um, and, um, so well, I'd imagine Jimmy would have probably wanted something like that. But then again, it's going to be up to his family. Um, they're going to need to do something. It was funny. Um, I was on a, what was it? A tour. I took the wee man for a tour last summer at Ibrox, and we were in the changing room. And when Gerard came in, he wanted to. The tour guy was saying he wanted to completely rip it up and start again. And then, um, and Jimmy Bell was meant to have been like, "You can change the floor and you can put your fancy tellies in, but you're no ripping out any of that wood. That wood's been here longer than any of us, and it will be here longer no. than any of us. Yeah. So it's those sort of things I like. He got it. He, he understood the tradition of the club. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the club are going to do, Brian. Um, I know that the the Hall of Fame is reserved for for those who played for the jersey. Um, it shows when people like uh, Mr. Smith aren't in the Hall of Fame either. Um, but I wonder if I wonder if it's time the club did open up the Hall of Fame to honour people like Walter and Jimmy. Um, any thoughts? I mean, I've always thought the idea of a Hall of Fame should be. It shouldn't matter who it is. If they're associated with Rangers and they've made a an extraordinary contribution to the club, they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, yeah. that could be somebody that's worked on the front desk. You know, I can't remember the guy's name. He worked on the front desk for years. The, the tea ladies that you always hear about, you know, whoever it is, if they've made an extraordinary contribution and long service to the club, they should be able to be going to the Hall of Fame as far as I'm concerned. They've gave, they've gave an extraordinary amount of time to the, and their lives to, you know, working for Rangers, it's the very least they can do. I mean, I have seen one or two suggest that maybe the changing room or something be named after him. I don't know. I mean, that's sort of that's a sort of ilk and the sort of thought that everybody's thinking about it. And you know, he's just that was his office at the end of the day. You know, the, his 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 room and the the changing room. So sounds a nice enough idea, but I mean, they might have other plans. I don't know, but they need to do something. Because to to think that Walter, Sir Walter, and him are not could not be not could not not be in the Hall of Fame is pretty tragic. Yeah, um, I know it's early days. The, the news only broke this morning, so so we'll leave that in the we'll leave that in the, the trusted hands of the club. I hope, um, and hopefully we'll hear more of that. As I say, we know that the, the museum has been built as well, so um, they might tie something in there with Jimmy. Um, I'm going to leave that there just now for Jimmy. We're, we're going to we're going to mention him through the show um, tonight, but I want to go on and talk about some of the other points. Um, but yeah, keep keep your comments coming in, folks. Keep your questions coming in for the guys. Um, if you've got any stories of Jimmy, please feel free to share them. If they're clean, we'll get them up um, and, and, and have a laugh. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the sad news coming out of Rangers today. Just to confirm, the sad news coming out of Rangers today um, that Jimmy Bell has. Sadly, suddenly and tragically passed away um, and our thoughts with his family at this time. So, Jimmy's last game, Jimmy's last goal, um, quite fittingly, guys, uh, against Celtic. 1-1 draw. Um, how did you feel after the after the uh, the 1-1 draw on Sunday? 
I wasn't angry, but I wasn't like too upset. Uh, I was happy that we managed to stop their part, even with even I, I personally thought the league was over anyway. Even if we had won it, I couldn't see them dropping another um, mm. four points. So, um, but I, I wasn't too downbeat. I thought we deserved to win overall, especially the second half. But um, no, I wasn't wasn't too downbeat about it. Yeah, Brian, I tend to agree with that. I, I mean, personally, I thought the you know it was going to be quite far fetched to, to to win the league. I know. We've done it before. We've turned around short, um, in short time frames, margins like this. But um, you know, the, the league was pretty much gone. We postponed their party. They never got to have it against us, which is what they wanted more than anything yeah. else. Um, but I was quite happy with, with getting getting a point. I was quite happy with the performance, more so. Um, but probably quite importantly, we got through it without any injury issues. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the whole. I think that was everybody's <clears throat> anxiety going into the game was. The, the sheer lack of numbers in the attacking options was limited. So it was, you know, we didn't really have much, much, you know, other options to go with. And then, of course, you were just wanting to get through the game with no injuries, which which was, which was happened as well. So that was good. Um, I mean, I, I just keep thinking, there, there's us went there with virtually not, with no striker or not a recognised one anyway. <clears throat> and we've absolutely, well, I wouldn't say we schooled them, but, you know, We've came away there with our heads held high, played really well, and to me, this this thing, this this sort of statements that we're miles behind them and they're so much better than us is ridiculous. You know, I just don't buy into that at all. It's 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 all. I just don't feel we're they're that much better than us. You know, that's just my honest opinion. I just thought we we were just slightly unlucky at the end there with Sakala going through, hit the post, you know, just a couple of chances last ten minutes. But as you say, we got a draw, no injuries on to Thursday. Yeah, Kerr, that was for me. I, I I don't think they're ever a better team than us. But um, it, you know, it can be argued that the best team in the country wins the league every year. I think it's really fine margins between us and them this season. Um, I know we'll talk about. Um, draws at home to Motherwell and Hearts and away to Ross County um, have cost us dearly and they have cost us dearly there's, there's no getting away from that but that's the last two old firm games in the league where we've been all over them and particularly in the second half and no being able to put them away um, you know if if we had won those both of those games as we should have done um, we're sitting here having a different conversation Brian, I think it's just consistency. I think they've been more consistent since Christmas than we have. I mm-hmm. think that's been the issue. They've not dropped as many points as we have. And that's obviously made the swing really the way it went. But there's not a lot between the teams. I wouldn't say they're better than us. I think on a day we are slightly better than them, but I don't think there's a lot between the teams. I was actually quite happy performance on Sunday. Uh, I thought we played I thought mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes in the first half. They scored and then after 15, 50 minutes after that. A few chances. I mean, at the game, I didn't think that, I didn't look like they were offside, but when I watched it on TV, my head was well offside. I mean, <coughs> even Jota's header, I mean, Kyogo's in an offside position, I know you can say that, but I think they got a lot of help for the officials again, which they say they never do. But I thought we dug deep again, 1 0 down, we came out in the second half. I'm not saying we bossed it, but we had it in control. Lundstrom was superb, Jack getting into the team. The game, my thoughts are Kala actually made Vickers and Starfield look quite average in the second half. And I must have been Sakala's biggest fan this season because I think he's a hit and miss at times. He can score a little day and he can miss the easy chances in a row. But I thought he, he pressed him. You seen it Vickers slipping, he pressed Joe Hart when he slipped. We just no get we've just not had the but we've just not took our chances in a lot of games this season. I think that's been the issue. And I think it's been because we've not had a lot of Help up front, maybe people injured or people suspended, and I see some cars are hitting a mess. But I was happy with performance on Sunday. I mean, I, I know I thought the league was over anyway, just because the games left and the point difference. But I think Celtic thought they were going to come out on Sunday and do a bit of nasty, you know, and win the league and have a party, which never happened. Because I think you've seen it, they didn't they never attacked us as much as they did the last time. They sat off us a lot because we were in, we'd probably more possession. I don't know the stats, but I think we had probably more possession. And only really Jota looked a threat to us. I mean, McGregor, I don't think had a save to make. I'm not looking at the stats, but I don't think McGregor had a save. 
even though he let one in. So I don't. I thought we. I thought we played really well, and I was actually quite happy with the performance. And I thought some of the players get a wee bit of criticism, but I, apart from the goal we conceded, where the boy Greg Taylor get four or five seconds to pass the ball to Mader, players were out of position, and Bonner's left at the back post. Wonder will I go for it? Well, knowing Jota from his in. I thought apart from that moment we were okay. I thought we played really well, and I was quite happy with performance myself. So. I'm looking forward to Thursday night on the back of this because I think the team have got a bit about them now. Yeah. Gio, I think Gio knows his players, what they can do and what they can't do and I think they're digging deep for them, for each other and for their manager, which I'm, I'm pleased to see. Yeah, and, and it sort of brings me nicely into my next point. Thanks very much. Uh, guys, <laughs> Guys, no, lose, no losing that game and having the fight and the dig that we did to get back into it and, and really you know, be the better team in the second half, it means we've no lost that momentum going into Thursday night. We've, yeah, we've, not this, we've not had the stuff in yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not a, I, um, I don't watch German football, so I don't know what that result they had last night does for them. Or they're, I know, I think it keeps them quite close to their. Um, they've now dropped out. They've dropped out the Champions League places. Are sitting fifth in the league just now. But I, you know, if we'd came out of Sunday, maybe getting beat two 0 or something, you don't know what that does to the confidence. Um, but I, I, I with care. I thought we played relatively well, apart from maybe the the ten fifteen minutes after the goal, and like you said earlier, getting out without any injuries and hopefully having Roof back as well will help. Yeah, I, I was a bit worried, Brian, after the goal. Um, I thought Barisic's confidence. Yeah, was was away again. I'm not really a liar. At one point, I, I said get him off, and that was before half time, because <laughs> um, I thought his confidence was away. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit. I should be ashamed to admit, but I'm not ashamed to admit. I'm screaming for Sakala to come off at half time as well. Um, but thankfully, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is the manager, and it's no me. <laughs> um, so yeah, these, these things work out in the end, and I suppose. Um, you know, we're talking about Van Bronckhorst having a bit of resolve, and he's, he's, you know, he's getting something out of the team now after a rocky start, um, and that just goes to show that was two players who didn't perform particularly well in the first half, um, but were quite key in our performance in the second half. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think that it's maybe it's happened a couple of times this season where a, team, a, a certain player hasn't performed very well in the first half, and then the second half, it's they've came out and performed much better. So. As you say, it's just as well that we're not the manager and he is. But I just think we've, in the last few weeks, we've just shown this certain, last few games certainly, we've shown a bit more streetwiseness to us. You know, we've, I mean, for example, you know, um, Dalio taking the boy down, you know, 25 yards outside, took a book in. I don't think necessarily that would have happened in the past because we would have been too nice and, you know, didn't want to create a foul. So... There's just been a few times in the, the cup semi, especially. There was a few times we were took we took a, a booking for the team, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just starting to creep into the team now. That we're getting a bit more streetwise, and that's I think what we've been missing a lot very badly in probably even Gerard's time. I don't think we were streetwise enough. I think that's coming for big bad John. Sorry, I think that's coming for big bad John. I think he's making the team yeah. poor. I think Lundstrom's vital as next season, mm-hmm. and I remember saying it a while back. We need to build the team round, John. I mean, he's yeah. put a bone over everything we do, and you can see where he's, he swaggers. I may be a wee bit arrogant, but he's he, he proved a point to everybody, especially mm-hmm. a lot of supporters, because every one of us on here, if he'd have left in January, nobody would have said anything. We wouldn't have blinked. But yeah. he's now here, and he's probably the most vital player we've got at the moment. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think if, if, he, if he went out the door at the same time as Bakuna, um, nobody would have backed an eyelid there. I've just said Bakuna, and you've all went, who? <laughs> um, I, I think we, I think we'd have probably been in the same position uh, with Lundstrom. I don't think any of us because it, it was a bad start for him, and you know he seemed to Gerard seemed to lose trust in him pretty quickly. Um, but credit to him, he's turned it around. He admitted as well um, that he didn't realise the size of the club when he came in. Maybe that had an, an impact on his performances. Maybe he underestimated. Do you think that might be the case, guys? Do you think he maybe underestimated what Rangers expected of him, or what he expected of Rangers even? I think, if anything, he's underestimated Rangers, which is obviously a bad move on his part. He, he would have known it after the criticism he took after the Balmo incident. Uh, I'm not... Uh, it, 
he, he, his form came in just as Jack was coming. See, when they two started playing yeah. together, they, they helped each other. You know, I, so I think Ryan Jack's got a big part to play in what, how, and now, like, Kirsten and John Lundstrom's like the first name in the team sheet at the moment. He's absolutely everywhere on that football pitch. Just, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I, I totally agree with that. I think he is the first name on the team sheet. But another player I wanted to speak about, um, who's maybe the second name on the team sheet just now, I have been so impressed with Calvin Massey in the, in the last few weeks, Brian. Um, is it, would it be unfair in Calvin if, let's say, Goldson signed in a, a contract and John Souter came in? Would it be really unfair in Calvin Massey if he lost his place in the team today, too? Or even if Hellander came back? I think it would be, and you know, I've not been—I've certainly not been Mister Calvin's uh, biggest supporter lately. I still feel sometimes that he gives us a wee bit of a heart uh, heart attack sometimes when he's in ball possession. But as far as tackling and pace, he's got that in abundance, and he's got a big heart. You know, um, I think that would be—it would be kind of harsh. I—I I, I really do, because um, he. He came in primarily as a left back, but then he was shunted into the centre half because of injury, and he wasn't great the first few games. And if you're not used to a certain position and you're suddenly put into it, it's it's difficult to adapt, you know, because we don't see the training and what happens. But I think it would be unfair. It's a very different. It would be a very very brave man to take Bassi out and put Suter in, for example. Um, but <laughs> Gio's the manager, thankfully, not us. <laughs> yeah, as we've said, Kerr, I've just as I say, I've been really impl- impressed with him lately. Uh, as Brian says, he sometimes does give you that sort of scary moment where uh, he's got the ball at his feet, but he's learning. Yeah. He's still he's, he's young and he's learning. Um, amateur, as you know through the, as, as you guys know through our group <laughs> chat. See, when it comes to football, I'm a traditionalist, right? I like things a certain way. See, for me, you need two types of centre back. You need a centre back that's clever with the ball at his feet, and you need a big. Bruiser. Yeah, for me, Calvin Bassey fits that role. Um, <laughs> and that, that's what I like about him. Um, if he can learn to play with the ball at his feet as well, then, you know, good luck to him. But um, he's, he fits that bill, doesn't he, Kerry? He's, he's the bruiser. Yeah, I mean, I've said all along, I think he's best position. I sent a back, a left back, he does okay because he's got engine to get him down the park. But his distribution lets him down at times. So I think centre back's better for him because he just defends, he clears. When he does maybe try and play a ball, he does get himself into trouble, but at centre-back, he just defends, and he's getting better at it. You've seen it in the games against Celtic, he's getting better. And a couple of times on Sunday, he was out of possession, and you thought, but he's got the pace to recover. You just don't want him to recover all the time, because that means he's constantly making mistakes. But he's, he's, he's working on his game, and he's going to get better. I mean, he's almost all 22, and I mean, he's built outside the house, so he's going to be very difficult to knock off the ball. And I think you've seen it in the... They cut the semi-final of the cup and Gio used them as in every time Rogic get a ball, he, he went out of the back and went and Rogic went on to Rogic and he was out. He didn't. He actually didn't last long. Rogic because he, he couldn't get by Bassi. And I think Bassi can do man-to-man marking very easily because he's solid. He's got the pace and he's got a physicality. So I think jobs like that he can do no problem. So I hope if if, if Connor does stay, which I still hope he does, because I think we should throw the kitchen sink at him because I think. He's a best defender, Conor Golson, but if he does stay in pass, he has to be centre-back. John Suter, to me, has got a lot to prove still. We all know he's a decent player, but he's got a lot to prove. I don't know if he can play two games a week still. Helander, you don't know if he can do that either, and Balligan's probably away, so I think we still need one more, but if Connor's there and Bass is there, then they two, for me, are starting next season. Yeah, I, I would agree with the Suter comment. I'm, I think Suter may be... Um... But similar to Ryan Jack and the fact that when he plays he'll be good, but I don't think we'll get five or six games in a row out of him. Um, which is unfortunate because he's a decent player, but um, you know we might just need to go with what we've got there and I'd be more than happy to see Bassey. And you know, people are saying in the comments, guys, that he's, he's learning all the time, he's growing all the time. You know, if he keeps on this current trajectory, he's going to go, he could possibly go for big money in the future as well. So it's probably within Rangers' best interest to get him tied down, down, down to a longer term contract. Definitely. Hundred percent. I would. I'd get him, and and with care, I'd be flinging the kitchen sink at Goldson, as well. And the the two could strike up an even better partnership next year. I think what's also helping Bassett in the centre position is the fact that Borners came back to a bit of form. So we're not worrying too much about having to play him out there, 
and are we going to put Balogun back in? So, um, yeah, Bassin, get him doing on a contract because he's what twenty two, and he's only and the mistakes yeah. he was making earlier in the year at centre back was as though he was still trying to defend as a fullback, like the way he would try and kick the ball or something like the Leon own goal. That was very much him thinking he's still out left back. Yeah, when he's thinking the goal's maybe a wee bit further away than where he normally is. And then, because if nine times out of ten, that's going out of play. If he's in left back, at centre back, that's going in the back of the net. So he's like, right, I need to think my positional awareness a lot more. So he's only going to improve. Yeah, and he will he will improve as, as he gets older. And you know the the experience the other guys around about him. William, big thank you, William Campbell, becoming a YouTube member. Um, lead the way, William. If you want, to, if anybody wants to. Uh, become a YouTube member, please do so. Um, if not, you know, still hit the subscribe button and uh, follow us on social media on Twitter and on Facebook. But a massive, massive thank you to William Campbell. And a massive thank you to everybody that's joining us. Again, in the comments, your support, as I say, anytime I'm on hosting, um, we wouldn't be here talking about Rangers if it wasn't for you. Um, and we all love talking about Rangers, so we love coming on here and doing this. But big thank you to everybody supporting us. Now, let's talk about what we all want to talk about. In fact, we'll come to that in a minute. I'll come to that. Care, um, care. You mentioned, care. You mentioned a um, bit of good news for the women's team, or good news on the horizon for the women's team. Yeah, I've got one more point to win the the league. So the two games left. So I think a draw against Glasgow City, they win the league, and the last game against Celtic. But I think they're about twenty-seven points ahead of Celtic, which is always good for any Rangers team. So I think they've won. Uh, the league very easily this season, Brian. I know you've seen a few of the yeah. and they look really good. And I remember watching them at the start and you think they're, they're, they're decent, but I think the last six to 12 months they've improved a lot. They've got a lot of good players and I've only basically started watching them recently, but I've watched things back on YouTube and stuff just to keep to see what they were like. And I'm quite disappointed only one player in the, the awards and never even get selected because Going by the men's thing, if you were in the league, then you should have a lot of your players up for the wars. But for Rangers, for some reason, don't have many players up for the wars, and there's a lot of good players in that Rangers team. Yeah. I mean, I think the big signing for them was Jane Ross from Man United. Um, yeah, she, I think she's lifted them to a new level. Um, she scores goals for fun. I mean, she's some of the some of the some of the goals she scored this season has just been unbelievable headers. Yeah. You know, chips. You know, she's chipped goalies a, a few times. And I, th I think the the they signed the Dutch centre the centre midfielder is it Tessa Middock as well. Yeah, I think she's been a really good signing as well. And I think <clears throat> to think that they they only had one player out of eight in the Player of the Year awards, and they're you know so far ahead in the league. And I just find that totally baffling. I, I totally I think that's totally disrespectful to the Rangers players that have played all this time that. You know, putting all that work and not getting recognised for it. But in saying that, they've they've strolled the league, and it's 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 they they put a lot a lot of money in last year, and I think it's starting to pay dividends now. They've got Champions League football next year, so yeah. we'll see how they go with that. But that's good for them to get that. It also gives the Rangers brand out there, but in the women's game, so it's good, because yeah. women's football is getting bigger, I know a lot of people don't watch it, but watching the English teams, watching the European teams, it's getting bigger all the time, and a lot of people might not fancy it, but some of it is quite decent, with you. I watched, I watched a bit of it, and some of it is quite decent. I think the last few weeks, they've certainly had a couple of tight games, like Motherwell at the weekend, the 1-2-1, one, one. I think Hibs, you know, I think the Hibs game, I think they, they just won, was it 1-0 or 2-1 as well, so... There's been there's been heavy wins for them, but in the last few weeks they've certainly been able to dig out the, you know, the tough tight games yeah. where that shows that if you draw that game, that could you know hamper your league type, your league title ambitions. But they've twenty four wins out of twenty five on draw undefeated and undefeated. no up for any awards. Shocking. <laughs> Guys, I don't know about you. I don't know a great deal about the women's team. I've been trying to pay, pay a bit more attention. But for what we do know, this um, once this title secured, um, it'll be Rangers women's first top flight title. Um, and they made their debut at Ibrox a couple of weeks ago. Um, massive, massive achievements for, for women's football in Scotland, but of course Rangers women's football team. Um, it's, you know, and it's exciting times, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, I don't know very little about the women's. Um, I knew they were walking away with it this year. Um, did they did they need to play qualifiers for the women's Champions League or did Not they just sure. go? Straight? I don't know the format. I don't straight know the format. I know Glasgow sat been a few times and they've done relatively okay. But I know like the Europe Barcelona and they've got the English club like Chelsea and Man City and stuff. They're all they'll pay quite a lot of money for their players. So women's football is getting bigger and their wages are getting bigger as well. So. I think it's growing. I mean, it just shows you Sky are paying women's football more money and they play the they pay the SPL, so it just shows you the difference. But I suppose that's Sky for you, didn't it? Yeah. I think the other thing as well is the ladies have got a chance to win the league on Sunday. Yeah. Their yeah, game kicks off Sunday. at the same time our second half kicks off. I mean, don't know who's in charge of scheduling, but that's not a very good idea. No, from a Rangers perspective, it's not. It probably suits the two leagues, but from a Rangers yeah. perspective, it's not. But as I say, it's it's massive for it's massive for the women's game. It's massive for Rangers, and they are part of the club. Um, it's it's not like they're a separate football club with the same name. Nope. Um, it's they are not a separate entity in any way. We're all part of one big club. Good thing um, is, and a lot of women's a lot of women's players in the team followed Rangers for when they were yeah. young. Yeah. So that's good, and it's good to when they come out and see that they're showing up the pictures when they're younger watching games at Ibrox. So it's good to see that as well because there's a lot of Rangers fans in that team. Yeah, so good luck to them on Sunday. We'll hopefully catch a bit of the game um, after the, the first team game. I forgot who we're playing on Sunday. Dundee United, we're playing Dundee United on Sunday. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Um, okay, so let's come... <laughs> let's come to Thursday night. Oh, I care. Thursday night, when you actually stop and think about it, Europa League semi-final, second leg, we're one nothing down. Yep. But we should we should rightly have every confidence in going into this game and getting a result. I've said that since we last week. Uh, Alan, I'm, I'm confident we're going through. I've not got any nerves at all. I'm confident we're going through. I've said that all night. I said that last week. I'm just, for some reason, I just, it's in my mind already in the final, so I'm not going to change my mind. I could be wrong. Come Thursday night at ten o'clock, but I think we're through. I think we're going to get. I think we're going to get a final. I'm not going. To, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I think we'll get to a final. Brian, are you confident we're going to get through? Just on a side note, Bournemouth just scored. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm confident. Yeah, I mean, the last time I experienced a semi-final, I was down in Blackpool watching the semi-final on the big screen. Uh, the penalty shootout. Interrupted a bingo to tell them all we'd, we'd got through to this, the final of the UEFA <laughs> Cup. It wasn't very popular for a few seconds, but uh, no, I, I must admit, after Sunday's result, um, we've got a bit more, I think this Kerr says, we've got a bit more about us now. We've got a bit more steel, a bit more, well, certainly a lot more confidence. And I don't think the Leipzig, well, from what we were listening to last night in the, the chat, I don't think Leipzig's defence was up, up to much. I do think if we score first early doors, it could be a long, long night for their defence. Yeah. Daz, I'll ask you the same question. Are you confident? No, no, no he's back now. You froze out there for a second. Did I, did I, did I go there? My, my apologies, that's my dodgy internet. Daz, <laughs> sorry, I was just, just asking you the same question. Are you confident for Thursday night? I'm confident, but at the same time, I'm breaking it. <laughs> um, I'll probably watch most of it like this through my eyes, uh, through my fingers. Sorry, um, I. My only concern is that is we that we need to stay defensively switched on, because they look like they could pick us on a on a right good counter attack. That's my only concern. Yeah. Really. So we'll go five at the back. We're, we're Lundstrom I, Lundstrom dropping I, I, I would think so. So. My concern is, last year they got is I'm quite confident as well. So, the four years are all quite confident, so that pretty much guarantees we're going to get put out. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, sorry, I've just seen Valerie Aller beating Liverpool too. I know, can you not see the smile on my face? Oh, there? Oh, oh, I, don't, I don't wonder why I was smiling, but oft, what a, what a turnaround that is. Anyway, we're not need to talk about Liverpool or Valerie Aller or Bournemouth. Let the Russians back in. Decent candy said Villarreal is in his face. Yeah. Decent candy's a knob. Sorry for sorry for. Let's get back to Rangers. Kerr, um, what do, do you? I don't expect the, the any massive changes on Thursday night. Any surprises? Um, is it important that Roof's fit? 
I think if he's anywhere near it, he plays. I think he'll start. Uh, but I think he'll go with quite a confident lineup, attacking wise. But I think he will go with three at the back. Really, so I'm just sitting between the two centre backs, and the two full backs will push high. That's how Bonner will play. We know Bonner's got his critics, but some of his deliveries in the last few games have been really good. We know defensively he can let us down, but we're having to get balls into the box, and their defence don't look great at dealing with balls like that for Bonner or Tav. So I think the full backs will be further up the park. Roof sitting with Jack. I don't know who will play next to Jack. It could be a rebot, it could be Arfield, it could be Kamara, it could be Davis. But I think he will go with the three goals and Barsey and Lundstrom just sitting in between them. Because I think Lundstrom's here gives him more protection. They feel more comfortable. And Barsey can make runs for the back goals and can still pound the long balls, which I thought Leipzig were kind of susceptible to last week. I thought a couple of long balls for Connor and it opened him up a bit. And I think Ryan Kent's going to be crucial on Thursday. I know he's got critics as well, but. Ryan Kemp would all be the first name in my team sheet. I'm sorry if that upsets anybody, but I just think he's a phenomenal player. Ah, his goal scoring is no great. I know GD has got a thing about him, but just to be passing Sunday to Sakala to set up a goal, it was just a perfect pass for him. It was just good. He hit it that well. Sakala just had to hit it in his stride. That's how it went in. Because usually Sakala takes a touch because he's not that confident, but he didn't because the pass was so good. So Kent will be there. And so I think Sakala will play even the first fit. I think he'll go with the three. Possibly. Um, I don't know if he'll... I, I, I really don't know, because um, I don't know where a rebo would, would then fit in there. But guys, um, just on the on the Ryan Kent thing, Ryan Kent looked really up for it on Sunday. He looked, we need that Kent to turn up, don't we? We need, we need the Ryan Kent that's up for it, that's willing to take players on and beat them. We don't need the Ryan Kent, who, let's face it, can hide from time to time. Um, that's, you know... Is Ryan Kent, I keep calling him Ryan Kent as if people don't know who Kent is when I say Kent. <laughs> Kent, if... Is Ryan Kent the key to, to our success on Thursday night? He's a massive part of it. Absolutely massive part. And these aren't, when you're talking about Kent hiding, these aren't usually the games that he goes hiding in. These are the ones you usually see him. You know, so... He's massive, massive to us tomorrow night. And as you're saying about Sunday, he, he just hates them anyway, so. Yeah, you know, it's the, Jimmy Bell must have rubbed off on him somewhere. <laughs> um, uh, it's just, folks, I'm going to ask you all, so I might as well ask you all now whilst we've got some time left. Let's give me your score predictions um, and let's... Uh, Let's tell me who goal scorers are going to be as well, because I might fancy a wee bet. In the even, game if you don't, even if you don't think we're going to go through, tell us the truth. Don't all be as confident yeah. as us for. <laughs> yeah, aye. Listen, Kerr's absolutely right. If you think your, your heads are in the clouds, tell us. Um, <laughs> I mean, we'll ignore you, but you can tell us anyway. <laughs> um, Brian, is it looking too far ahead of ourselves to start, um, to start really, really dreaming? Not just about going to Seville. Because we make this big thing, don't we, about, oh, we're going to Seville or we went to Manchester. And these are phenomenal achievements. The big achievement's going to be winning the trophy, though, isn't it? Is it is it too early to start dreaming about that? Or are we getting too hard of sales to start picturing James Tavernier lifting the Europa League trophy? We've just, yeah, I've, just put that, I've just put the image in your head, haven't I? I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's, let's deal with Thursday, right? Um... We all, we all got carried away in 2008 when we went to Manchester. We all thought we were going to win the trophy. And we under probably underestimated Dynamo Kiev a little bit. And you know, I never got... underestimated Dynamo Kiev in 2008. Mainly because we were only playing Dynamo Kiev. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> Zenit, sorry. Zenit. 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 But, I mean... <laughs> Professional as ever. And then their best player went to Arsenal. Ah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, let's just get through Thursday and then we can start enjoying the prospect of the final. I mean, it, I, I've always said in sport, there's nothing worse being a semi-finalist because you're so close to the final. There's nothing worse losing a semi-final. And I just hope the players go out there and think, right, we can we can go this one, one more hurdle and get to the final. There's one more hurdle to go to get to the final. And then you can enjoy the build-up to the final, but just win the semi. That's all I ask. 
Yeah, Kerry, it's a good point, isn't it? There's there's nothing. Uh, it, uh, losing in a semi-final in, a, in the Europa League in any competition, but especially a European competition, it's a wee bit like you're cooking getting let down by one goal, isn't it? You'd, you'd rather... Uh, You'd rather three or four let you down as one. No, as with, and I, I'm just confident, but I think it will go through. I think it will go through an extra time. That's how confident I am. Yeah, no, no, I still think I've, I've said the extra time I cut. I think I just think that's the way we play. I think the longer the game goes on, we seem to find energy for somewhere. I mean, it's no, it's no, it's not too thing me to think about to have left in that trophy because they're in the semi final. It's only two games away, do you know that way? So, but I do think if for it, for some reason we do win it, which we've got a very good chance, I think this would be the biggest and most uh, successful achievement in the Scottish football club in Britain. Uh, in the Scottish football club, sorry, in the, mm-hmm. this country, it's done in the last, don't know, 50, 60, 100 years. Because winning a European trophy these days with the financial money involved in football, with the teams like Man City, Liverpool has got to play with even the German teams and teams from other countries compared to us. Winning it would be phenomenal. And they'll even easily beat winning anything for back for the 60s and 70s because football's changed so much. So us doing that, so getting to the semi-final is an achievement in itself, but getting to the final winning it, would be, I would outlive that, and these players would be heroes for the rest of their life, and that's where the biggest biggest sporting achievement in Scotland seen. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, um, guys. I was going to I was going to ask that question anyway. You know, where would it rank amongst Scotland's greatest football and achievements? Um, but Kerr story story mm-hmm. stole my thunder a wee bit, so I will reword the question. Um, <laughs> it's European football has been reshaped, changed redesigned, let's face it, is to keep clubs like Scottish clubs away for finals because we don't attract, do we? We, we don't attract compared to the, the, the English teams and the German teams and the French teams. Um, so, you know, just, we, we never know when this could happen again for that very reason. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's necessarily to keep Scottish teams and or smaller. I think it's to keep a certain 10, like sort of 10 15 clubs always mm-hmm. competing round about there. Yeah. Um, but it'll be... Almost like some, I don't know what you would call it, maybe a Super League or some sort, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think, sorry, I think it's in to deal with English clubs annoyed that the UEFA try to bring in uh, as a uh, spot for the Champions League next season, like, I don't know. That Historical performance. Some of the Premier Trip clubs and the Italian clubs aren't happy with that because there might be more games to play. And that's the thing you're talking about because they just want to play amongst themselves. They don't want us involved. Yeah. And it is like a Super League, but it's a different way of going about it. And it's well, just all about money for these clubs, nothing else. Well, Villarreal's not meant to get the Champions League semi, are they? No. no. Hopefully they get to the final. Hopefully they do. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. Um, but might hope <laughs> John's not too upset. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, you know... I suppose the big, well, there's a couple of big questions in everybody's lips ahead of Thursday night as far as team selection is concerned. Um, we've spoke about Ruth Ramsey. If Ramsey's fit, does he start? Um, I don't know. I, I've not, to be honest, I haven't even thought about Ramsey. Uh, I don't think he would start him if he was fit. I wouldn't no, start him. No. I'll maybe no. bring him on for the last 20, 25. You know, if we need them, but I think the players that have contributed mm-hmm. the last few games deserve a shot at this. I really do. You know, the, the cup semi, they were 1-0 down, dug themselves out. You know, Europe, I mean, okay, it was a, it was a tough it was a tough game away to Leipzig, but they've gave us a chance. And, you know, a good, perform, a good performance away to Celtic at the weekend. I just think they deserve it. I mean, how, how, how long would Ramsey last a game? It's just a... You know, he, he lasted, yeah. what was it, 15, 20 minutes against Celtic and he was subbed yeah. off. So we, we don't need that again. I just think the other players deserve a shot. I really do. And it, it's it's a it's a shame to see it because Ramsey is a brilliant, brilliant player. But I just, I'm, I'm, I'm half, I'm, I've half got my, hind, my mind thinking, well, if we get the final, then Ramsey will be fully fit for that. So I'll ask you that, Alan, because you you've probably seen him, sorry, Brian, you've probably seen him more than any. <coughs> Ramsey, would you play? Yeah. Would you take a gamble? I honestly don't know if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, I, I agree that you know the players that have that dug us out against Celtic, 
in the semi-final and you know the last two performances as well that they deserve to be in the team um but that being said we all know and i know especially how good a player Aaron ramsey is he's there's no doubt in the guy's quality um it's the fitness that's the issue for me um so it's really difficult because I wouldn't want to see, I wouldn't want to see somebody like Joe Rebo getting dropped for him. And I know Joe Rebo's maybe not hit the heights they did in the first half of the season lately, but um, he's still capable of performing on this stage, and he's capable of pulling these performances out to get us through these European ties. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it really is difficult. At the same time, if he was if Ramsey's on the bench and he came on to make an impact. With 20 minutes to go or an extra time if god forbid it goes to extra time um i think you'll need an ambulance at ibrox for me right enough if it does um but it's you know i think he's the type of player that could come on and make an impact later on in the game as well so if he's fit i'd like to see him involved somehow even if it's sitting on the bench um you know say i'll say if he's um, just start him andrew after both of them on the 100 fit and in place of others have been playing, especially like Arfield, who I think starting to want a game because he's playing regular games. I would probably, if they're both not 100%, I'd probably go with one or other for the start. I'd go for Ramsey, Ramsey sorry, I'd go Roof for the start. Mm-hmm. Um, although having says that, I thought Aribo done quite well on Thursday night um, when he was when he played centrally. It, it really is difficult. I'm, I'm really glad I'm with Giovanni <laughs> Van Bronckhorst right now. Um, How about you, Brian and uh, Gary? Would you, would, you, would you play them? No, if they're both, uh, uh, Roof over Ramsey. For me, mm-hmm. if they were both, I wouldn't play both of them because you're risking too much. If they if they're both still maybe even niggly a wee bit, just it, I would go roof. Be a hell of a gamble. I mean, if say if roof plays and Ramsey plays and they get injured again, then then they're out of everything for the rest of the season. So, you know, I'm just more inclined to keep them on keep them on the bench if needed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I, I realise it's not going to be with everybody, but that's I just I just don't want to play them in this game and then lose them for the rest of the season. You know, totally. That's my fear. I don't want to lose any of them for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah you know, it's a it's a good point. You know, there's there's no point. And who's put that gallant pioneer? And I'm not even bringing that comment up. He's leaving. He's leaving Scotland. He can't play in Europe, can he? He can't, can't play in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. As I say, I'm glad I'm 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 wrong course. I know for a fact I'm going to have two really sleepless nights um, between now and Thursday, so I can only imagine. You just um, think right enough, might you risk it because there's three league games left. I kind of there's three league games left for him to play play the boys basically. So if Ruth's he's playing, that's a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. If if Ruth's, um, if Ruth's got any fitness about him at all, he starts. You'd which, be risking which, far too much to play the both of them in the same game. For right from the start, I think it'd be too risky in case one gets a knock, then the next one gets a knock, and you're already two subs doing your 20 minutes into the game. Yeah, I think it's too. Yeah, I know CGM said that feels not the same quality as Ramsey, we know that, but I, and Ramsey can probably create something out of nothing, and he can also score because it makes good late runs mm-hmm. into the box. But mm-hmm. you want to see Aaron Ramsey, in fact, you don't want to see Aaron Ramsey coming on and breaking down after. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, if he's if he thinks he's fit and Joe thinks he's fit, I think he'll play. But it is a big risk to take. I think it'll be. I think it will be. I think we'll be looking from Thursday night to see who plays because I think there's a good a couple of players who might chalk in because it's a do or die. And I think he will be picking players who he thinks can create something. Maybe the one or two chances you might need, and maybe if Ramsey can do that before I feel can. I don't know. I mean, you've got the you've got the option of bringing. <coughs> excuse me, with Ramsey. If, if he starts as a subs, for example, he comes on with 25 minutes to go. The game's slowed down a bit. He's got a bit more time on the ball. You know, he can maybe see that pass that we're needing to make or whatever. So, no, I, I'm I'm very, I, I, I'm I'm on the fence whether to start them or not. I really am. I just, it's, it's such a headache. I'm glad it's not my decision. Yeah. And, you know, just, just another question I wanted to ask, guys. I'll come to you with this. Um, now that we've seen Leipzig once, uh, we saw them in the first leg, um, where do you think this Leipzig team rate has sat compared to the other clubs we've faced in Europe over the last two or three seasons when we've reached the last 16 of the Europa League before? Um, where, where do they fit in with the rest of these teams? Mm, it's... Uh, um... 
they're, they're a bit different to like um so i know like german like dortmund and leipzig both german but i think they play a completely different style of dortmund i would have probably after watching the two games back i would probably say i would have been more worried about leipzig than i would have been dortmund but then mm-hmm. you know, it shouldn't be that dortmund are ahead of them um I'm trying to remember what that Leverkusen team was like because they were pretty good. They were really good. They were, they were really good, yeah. Like um, Havertz and that. You know, I don't think we, we I think we were going into that game. I don't think very many people were very confident about getting much out of that game. So if my memory's serving right, I'd probably put Leverkusen as the, the better ones. And I think this might be the best team we've played this year in the competition. I would yeah. probably say that. Yeah, I, I most dangerous with, anyway. Yeah, going forward, I, I would agree with that, Brian. I think um, it doesn't take a genius to figure out the biggest club we've played in the competition was Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, um, but the best football inside so far, for what I've seen, is has been Leipzig. Um, but they're not they're not so good that we're blown away by them. No, that's and, that's, and that, this is what we keep coming back to. This is why we've got a chance. Yeah, this is why we've got a chance. We're more resilient. Um, yeah, they've they they played they they played really good football against us, but at the end of the day, what were they what were they resorted to? Shooting from I mean, I think the the, the big boy up front had a, a glaring chance where he should have scored, you know, with a shot they mm-hmm. he put it past the post, he had a header. I think that was about it. And McGregor was a spectator in the second half, wasn't he? You know, pretty, yeah. you know. So I mean, yeah, they had they had chances, but I mean we're still in this, and that's that's all we asked for in the, uh, uh, mm-hmm. after the first leg was to have a chance to go into the second leg with a full Ibrox and try and just, you know, that's all we asked for and we've got it. So the players have got a chance to eclipse the weight. Go for it, guys. Yeah, this, this is their chance here, isn't it? This is their chance to write their name right beside the greatest players and the greatest sides this football club's ever seen. It is, and I think they'll be, they'll be confident because I should disagree with you. And I don't think they're the best side we've played. I think it's been Dortmund. I know we beat Dortmund quite 4-2 there, but Dortmund are a better team in Leipzig. Uh, I think the problem with Dortmund was they thought they were ready through playing us, and I thought a lot of us thought they were ready through as well, to yeah. be honest with you, I thought Dortmund would beat us quite easily. But we surprised them, and I think the players have realised we've been over and beat Borussia Dortmund. We've also done well against them at Ibrox. They didn't beat us there either. I think I think to ourselves we can beat anybody we play because Dortmund are one of the biggest clubs we faced in the past few seasons and we yes. put them out when nobody, probably not even apart from maybe that dressing room, never expected us to go through. So I think after beating Dortmund, you must be confident beating anybody you face because there's not many teams in that competition left that's better than them. So mm-hmm. I think the players will be confident and I think they know what they can do and what they should be doing. And that's how I'm confident for Thursday because I think the players know this is their chance, and I think they will take it. Yeah, and as Gallant Pioneer saying, who's all dreamt of have left in the Europa League trophy? I have about twice a day. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you, mate. Um, so, but I, as I say, I'm at, I'm at that stage now. One minute I'm dreaming about Tav lifting the trophy, um, and the next minute I'm dreaming of sort of have the fear and the dread and the terrifying feeling that we're going to get absolutely hammered. But that's yeah. what being a football fan's all about. Yeah, I mean, just going back to it, Alan, I don't think this Leipzig team will have faced a, a crowd like they will have when they come to Ibrox no. on Thursday night. No. Um, there's no way the, the ferocity and the noise is... I'm kind of hoping they get stage fright and they sort of... You know, the noise just sort of blows them away. Because um, there's no... As I said, as I just said, I don't think there's a, a crowd that they've faced like this on Thursday. No, I don't think so. I got that impression for their crowd on Thursday night that it was a bit, a bit flat. I get, you know, they don't have the passionate fan base that we've yeah. got, um, and I don't think they would have faced that, and certainly in Europe. Um, so yeah, they might come to Ibrox and get stage fright because Ibrox will be absolutely rocking. It was always going to be absolutely rocking on Thursday night. It's a sellout crowd. You know, it's such a massive occasion. You know, we're into May. Rangers are still playing in Europe, but of course, that little added incentive that came along today. Um, unexpectedly, unwanted, I've got to add as well. Um, yeah. Could have been doing without that incentive, but um, 
the players should really be up for this now. Um, they'll want to perform. They'll want to give. They'll want to give Jimmy um, that send off, um, folks. I'm going to leave it at that because there's no much more I can say, um, other than Thursday night, Rangers Football Club. Don't just don't do it for yourselves. Don't do it for the supporters. Think about we Jimmy. Um, everything that he's gave you, yeah. folks. I hope the next time we speak, um, it's going to be a happy occasion. It's going to be our, uh, well, we'll have our match preview, but we'll have a post-match reaction as well on Thursday night. Um, I hope I won't be on it, but I hope that's a very happy podcast and the guys and girls that are on that um, really enjoy it. So good luck, Rangers. Let's do this one step, yeah, one more push. Come on. Podcast Network.